welcome to Taking It Personally, the podcast for heart-led entrepreneurs who have a message to share through their business to positively impact the world. I'm Elle Turner, writer, business mindset mentor, mother and lifelong learner who wants to show you that when business is personal, that's when it can really make a difference, not only in your life, but in the lives of those around you and in the wider world. I'm on a heart-led mission to harness the power of thought leadership, mindset and personal growth to help you express your heartfelt, soul-led message with confidence to the world and grow your own impactful business. So whether you're a coach, a consultant, an author, a speaker, or in any other business, if you have a message to share and a positive impact to make, then here's my number one tip. Join me on this podcast every week and let's find out what we can do by taking it personally. Welcome or welcome back to the podcast where we talk about all things entrepreneurial leadership and mindset so that you can grow your heart-led, impact-driven business and live the life that resonates with you, that is in harmony with you at a heart and soul level. Well, hey there, it's Elle here from lturner.me and I am delighted to bring you another special episode of Taking It Personally today. And it's special because we have a lovely guest joining us. With me today is... Dr. Dina Whitforth, a psychologist and life coach for Brainy Misfits, which is the term that she uses for people who found they've had to modify who they are or mold their behaviour as a result of their considerably higher than average IQ in order to fit with societal expectations instead of being able to own their gifts and who they are without compromise. Would you say that's a fair description, Dina? Excellent. Well, before we go any further, let me properly welcome you to Taking It Personally. I'm really so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. I'm delighted to be talking with you about this topic. I'm really looking forward to it because back in the day, and I was actually thinking just before we started talking, it's nearly 30 years ago now, but back in the day, my degree was in sociology. So you can't really keep me away from a conversation about societal expectations. And today we're going to talk specifically about societal conditioning and how that can hinder the progress that we make in business. So I really can't wait to dig into your perspective. So why don't we just start there? How do you feel that societal conditioning shows up for entrepreneurs in business? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, this is such a, a great topic, and I really love that I'm able to bring that to your audience and your people. Um, so the way that I see that showing up is that usually the people who are drawn to entrepreneurship are drawn to that because they don't fit into the regular night to five schedule following what somebody else tells them to. And I'm not saying that any of that is bad. Like if that's your damn, that's perfect. But what, from what I see, a lot of the entrepreneurs don't really gel with being told what to do and not being in charge and not being able to innovate. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that's the reason why they do their own thing is because they really at some more or less conscious level realize that they need to forge their own path. Mm -hmm. And then once they do, they run into trouble a little bit because, you know, you go through school, you maybe go through university, like most of my people go through university as well. They have higher education and all of that is kind of training you to do what you're told, 
obey the orders, don't ask too many questions, just kind of like cram in the stuff, regurgitate, and then at some point, you know, just spit it out and, and be perfect. And then when you're forging your own path, it's really this like, okay, now I have all this freedom, what do I do with it? Yeah. I cannot use the tools that you've been taught. Yeah, absolutely. Go with the flow, but you really have to come up with your own thing. And even though that is what they desire, it's kind of hard to actually put it to practice just because they're not trained to do that. Because it's such a it's such a change of emphasis, really, isn't it? Um, I talk about this too in terms of the difference between an employee mindset and an entrepreneurial mindset because it's it's the it's the same kind of thing. But when you're talking about school and you're talking about education, it's very, very, very much focused on the rewards are for doing things right. You know, even if you think back to like the very earliest experiences of school, you know, you get a big tick or you get a gold star if you do everything right. And we are absolutely then trained to be in there's a definite right and a definite wrong mindset so absolutely it's it's a very big certainly I found a real shock to the system in a lot of ways to to become my own boss no I had thought about it only in terms of the flexibility but not about the other side of it the how it would affect me personally so this is just a really a really fascinating topic you were saying that we come to entrepreneurship because we want to forge our own path because we don't want to be told what to do. And I think when you were talking, I was wondering if that sounded maybe a little bit argumentative, you know, as if we're being argumentative by being entrepreneurs or we're being difficult or we're being rebellious in some sort of way. And these are all words that have kind of negative connotations, certainly when you put them against or lay them over in the mindset of there definitely being a right way to behave and social norms and what's expected of us. Um, But certainly I don't feel that I am argumentative or awkward or rebellious particularly. You know, I've always been quite a quote unquote good girl. (laughs) And so what would your response be to have that sort of criticism I suppose for want of a better word level that it's it's just about being awkward or not respecting authority or that sort of thing well I think it really that's where the societal um conditioning or just the context comes back in is like when you're inside the system and you for whatever reason want to uphold the system then of course you're going to frame that kind of questioning and just the creativity and the you know, is there a better way to do this? Is there a different way to do this? Can we make this more fun or more interesting? That's going to sound like, you know, oh, this person is always creating problems. They're being Rocking the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not like, they, they don't like to be led in the same way. They're questioning me. They're questioning my authority. And it really depends on their viewpoint because I, as you said, it's the people that I've come to know who are like that, They're not bad people. They're Mm. not doing that Mm -hmm. because they want to, you know, argue Mm -hmm. or um, Mm -hmm. bug people, but because they genuinely care. They genuinely care about people, about making life better, about finding new and, and improved ways of doing things, about being creative, using resources well. I think that's for me, like from my experience. That is one of the things that really that was really hard for me. It's just seeing all the inefficiencies mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. system. And then when you point them out, kind of like being, being cut down, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we can't do anything about that. That's how it's always been done. Mm-hmm. It's complicated mm-hmm. to change that. And, you know, these things. And it's like, I'm not saying that to, to just be abrasive. I'm saying that because I care, because I think if we change this, yes, it's effort mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but it just takes away so many problems later on and kind of having that long-term view and not just caring about what's immediately in front of me. And I think that is really where internally the people who feel like that need to make that perspective shift, even if other people around them don't follow suit, like even if other people around them still frame it as being rebellious and abrasive and argumentative and all that thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like if you know that that's not your motivation, then that's not your motivation. Absolutely. So it's 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 standing in your in your own intention and being yeah. being grounded in your own intention behind the behind your actions and behind your reason for speaking up and yeah. and sharing your sharing your perspective. And I think listening to what you were saying there about change and wanting to initiate change for the for for long term good. I mean, I think you know you were describing it there in a in a specific context i think but you know there, there's hundreds of contexts like that which make up the global picture and i've come across so many people myself included in the online space who are really wanting to try to contribute to a much wider change and what you're what you were really describing to my mind was certainly not being argumentative awkward rebellious or all the rest of that you were describing leadership from my perspective, really, in terms of change and change for the greater good longer term. Can you say something about that and what your perspective is on that? Absolutely. I think that a lot of these people really do have that big picture view. And they think a lot about how they fit into that Mm -hmm. view and Mm -hmm. what their contribution can be and what they want their kind of like footprint um, Mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. And Authority is an interesting concept because I think a lot of the people who are framed as being rebellious or argumentative don't actually have a problem accepting authority. Mm -hmm. They just have a problem accepting authority that hasn't proved itself worthy. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Where they don't see why that person is in that position of authority or they're not living up to the high standards that these people tend to have Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you have that big picture view you really want to change the world for the better and and leave a footprint that kind of like moves us into a good direction i'm not talking like you know make more money or any of that like your goal can totally be um sustainability Mm -hmm. creating a Mm -hmm. system that is circular where you don't produce waste or like you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. your own metrics like living up to that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. be a person who is in a position of authority but isn't really filling that leadership role Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the way that we want them to that is when these people don't accept authority and i think it's you know kind of need both i mean these institutions are not meant to be innovators they're meant to preserve they're meant to function they're meant to you know to be a structure yeah Mm -hmm. yeah to be a structure and to to hold certain things, to be like a container for certain things, but not for innovation. So it makes sense that if your main goal is to be innovative and really, you know, have new ideas, be creative, then an institution is not the right thing. Yeah, and it, and so then it comes back again to, well, what what is the norm that is valued within yeah. the society? Because we are, again, taught to respect that positional authority more than necessarily the individual 
authority that comes with maybe the stance or the styles that speak to our own individual values naturally because there's so so many you know that's so many to to individualize that but when we come into entrepreneurship especially for personal brands our name is the is you know our name and face is is front and center so it is very individualized and just completely different to maybe the the structural experiences we've had in traditional employment so one of the things we were talking about was it's both a gift and a challenge to come into to entrepreneurship so what do you find your people feel is the gift and what do they find the the challenge gift really is being able to be themselves and not having to constantly mask parts of themselves that didn't fit into the system they were in before. I think that is definitely a gift. And at the same time, that is the challenge because they're so used to that. Maybe they don't even know who they are mm-hmm. to the full extent because they haven't had the chance to be that. And it can be really confronting because before, like just looking back at my own experience, and I think that's for the people I, I'm a life coach, so I don't just work with like people who want to start a business, but yeah. the ones who do have one. What I tend to see is that it's very easy to be against things in a system that doesn't work for you. But once you you go out there, you build your own brand, and suddenly it's not I'm against this, but you're for something else. It's like for your values. Absolutely. For something you believe in. And that is a very different mindset and a very different energy. And there is no one to hide behind anymore. So Mm -hmm. I think that is one of the challenges is like being yourself and being okay with the fact that other people are not going to like it and not having anyone else to kind of like point the finger at. Yes. Yes. Okay. You're in charge. Yes, no hi- no hierarchy that's dictating yeah. what you do is the is the blessing and the and the other side of the coin. Um and that speaks a lot to the word that we hear so often, authenticity. Yeah. Um and being our authentic selves and showing up fully as ourselves. Is that something that is possible if we want to connect, truly connect with people in the online space? Can we truly be ourselves and connect with others i think we can yes and it's like the where a lot of the trouble comes in is believing that authenticity and being yourself is somehow a monolithic it's like again that idea of there is a right way to be authentic there is a right way to be yourself and there just isn't it's mm-hmm. a lot more flexible and contextual and fluid then most people I think initially think about the concept. It's just, I can be myself, but I am somebody else in different situations. Mm-hmm. Like now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the interviewee. Then I might be the coach, then I might be the mom, then I'm the wife or the daughter. Or like, you know, it depends on the context and different parts of me or, you know, sides of me are going to come out depending on where I am. At Absolutely. Time. Yeah. 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 So, bringing all of that and all of that is authenticity and what does authenticity mean is like not not going against your values but that again is a process it's like you have to try out certain things so you believe your value is i don't know helping people um and then you go out there and you do the thing and you will find out how you want to be helping people like what does that actually mean what feels good to you what are you good at what do people buy 
Yeah, yeah. I bring all of that together. So there is a lot of fluidity in, in these concepts. And I think that is where entrepreneurship, at least for me, was really, it, it kind of tripped me up a lot because it just moves so much quicker mm-hmm. than the mm-hmm. nine to five and the institution. And the, I mean, I was in academia, you know, you have a project and you do it. And five years later, you might have a paper that nobody reads <laughs> like mm-hmm. outside of your field. And just having that like quick feedback that you can get in entrepreneurship, I think is, is so wonderful. And I think um, the more you can use that and leverage that and just be like, okay, right now, I believe authenticity for me means doing this, like mm-hmm. doing marketing mm-hmm. in a certain way. I'm just going to do it and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, it's the experimental mindset that we're not used to having. You know, we're used yeah. to having more certainty or more data to back things up before rather than doing the thing to get the data (laughs) yeah absolutely and I love the I love your way of defining authenticity or looking at authenticity and that it is about our authenticity in multiple roles and that it is a catalyst for connection we've talked a bit there about it being a kind of bumpy old journey the the change from the the more regular way of working whether in a in a big institution or not but the more nine-to-five hierarchical employment-based work and then the, the, the shift to entrepreneurship. So, you know, we have to be fairly resilient, I think, to be able yeah. to navigate and keep the faith in that transition. But resilience, again, is a word that I'm not 100% on board with because I feel it's very struggle-based in terms of connotation. You know, you have to be resilient. You have to bounce back. You have to pull. And it, I feel that there's a more a more positive way to describe the more of the becoming or finding out or creating who you are and who you want to be that serves that purpose. But, you know, maybe that's that's just semantics. How would you speak about resilience? I mean, semantics matter. So mm-hmm. um, definitely mm-hmm. that's an interesting reflection because uh, one of the taglines for my business is emotional resilience for brainy misfits. Oh, so I'm okay. using the term and definitely it's more... Like the image it conjures is more related to struggles, I would say. So mm-hmm. um, definitely that part. I, I just wrote a piece about post-traumatic growth, which is one of the kind of buzzwords that is thrown around in the mental health space a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or the online mental health space, which is not the mental health space. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. not the same. And what I like about that concept is that even if bad things happen to you, you can glean wisdom from them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. does that mean that in order to glean wisdom you always have to go through hardship i don't think so no like it's it's like sports what you do when you train your muscles in the gym is you put stress on your muscles but it's in a controlled environment you choose to do it you don't like ideally overdo it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have somebody giving you guidance um you have a very different mindset so the the body chemicals that are going to come up are going to be somewhat the same as like running away from a danger dangerous situation but overall still different like the connotation is more positive so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. growth can also come out of positive things even if they like for example training your muscles in the gym might not feel super comfortable and soothing and relaxing in your body mm-hmm. but like that focus on it doesn't always have to feel like pulling stones I think is very valid and very important to understand is that it doesn't have to feel hard to foster growth mm-hmm. doesn't have to feel hard to be valuable yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. 
absolutely. Fantastic. So I think we've talked quite a lot sort of theoretically about societal conditioning. And one of the things that certainly helped me a lot when I was looking at business mindset and building a business mindset was just this knowledge of societal conditioning and was just the the investigation and learning about what our brains do from an evolutionary standpoint as well in terms of the the need to keep us safe and how some of our reactions to things that aren't actually dangers are just throwbacks to when we did as human beings face face these dangers and just knowing about these things helped me quite a lot because it made me feel less is this my fault am I just not cut out for this type of thing because I think we we have this tendency to sort of turn it in on ourselves first rather than see it as a a sort of universal experience so I am quite okay to just know about it and keep it in the sort of theoretical realm but is it a topic that you deal with on a more practical level with people or do you find that people just actually understanding the concept go oh right I I see how I can move through this or ignore it as as required. Mm, I, I'd say it depends. If it's something more superficial, then sometimes just understanding it and kind of recognizing it, and when it pops up, just being like, "Oh, there it is again." Mm-hmm. I know what to do. I'll just do it anyways. Sometimes that works. It, it really depends on on the kind of person and the kind of like problem and how how deeply rooted the issue is. It's mm-hmm. like, related to traumatic events then usually just understanding yeah help. absolutely yeah yeah no I, I get I get what you're meaning and that that yeah that's very pertinent actually from from this perspective of certainly what I do in business I'm very clear about my scope of practice so mine is very much the forward looking rather than the what yeah. is deep rooted in the in the in the past because that's not where my qualifications yeah. or experience or anything like that lies so um, that's another topic we could probably talk about. Maybe have you have you back if you're happy to come one day to talk about scope of scope of practice and that sort of thing. Because I'm quite, yeah. um, uh, you know, that's a bit of a soapbox for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> I like that soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll stick a pin in that and maybe and maybe come back to come back to that. But thank you so much for joining me today to talk about this. It's always really interesting to hear what you have to say. I love reading your content uh, because you just it's so interesting. You just bring such a a fascinating perspective to to everything that you that you talk about. So thank you on behalf of everyone who listens to this episode of Taking It Personally for sharing your knowledge with us and your experience. I'm really appreciative of you for, for being here. So so thank you. How can people find you online and get in touch with you, get to know more about you? What what do you offer? Um I'm currently most active on Facebook and you can also find me on Instagram um at Big Heart Venture sure that the links will be in sure yeah yeah um i'm yeah but i'm mostly active on facebook and then i also have a sub stack that is more like just my personal musings and thoughts that are kind of like related to my work but not entirely that are a little more like personal so people can sign up for that or just read it i mean with sub stack you don't even have to sign up and i'm building a website um <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and Substack are probably the best, um, best the best places to to find you. Well, I will put links in the podcast description to Dina's Facebook, Instagram, and Substack, and check them out to get to know more about her and to get into into her orbit and learn more about what she she does. Just before we finish, I would like to ask you about building the business owner. 
uh, because as you probably know, we've talked about before, my philosophy is that business is very personal and that you need to build the business owner in order to be able to build the business. So what do you do to build yourself as a business owner? One thing I definitely do is I learn voraciously about all the things I'm interested in. So building a business from marketing to building your online presence to finances, to accounting, to like all the things, business. I just dive headfirst into that, listen to podcasts and all that, read stuff. And then the other thing that I really am very mindful of is because I come from a very cerebral kind of background where you have to think about a project and kind of like have it perfectly set in your mind before you even write the grant to get the funding to actually Right, yes, yes, yes. So that really helped me back in the beginning. And what I said about the small steps and getting data quickly, that is something that I really am very mindful of. Like, okay, do the thing, don't like overthink it for six weeks and still not know if it really works just like there's no one holding you back you can not actually just go out there and try it yeah and yeah um learning to be okay with making mistakes or you know things not working out the way you thought they would Mm -hmm. um is definitely something that i also do so what I use for that is just all the embodiment stuff and mindset practices and tapping and, you know, just really helping myself move through the emotions or let the emotions move through me without getting stuck, without making it mean too much and just keep moving. And the other thing that I really think is so, so important, especially if you're a solopreneur, mm-hmm. is find community. Yeah. Find peers, find mentors, find people that are that you can explain things to because that will tell you what you know and what you don't know. Absolutely. Like nothing else will. Mm-hmm. So really like talk to people being community. That is definitely something that I do for Excellent. I love that. Thank you very much. And thank you again for joining me today. Remember to check out the podcast description for links to where you can find Dina online. And thank you to you for joining both of us today on Taking It Personally. I'll speak to you again next week on the podcast. But until then, enjoy your business. Bye for now. Thank you for taking it personally and spending this time with me to talk all things business mindset and entrepreneurial leadership. I so appreciate your desire to have this conversation and join me on my truly heart-led mission. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you and your success always. So join me next time to talk about what we can do by taking it personally.